spiritual warfare in the family on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today, I have a familiar face and voice on the podcast with us, Dr. Stuart Scott, uh, who many of you know and love. We certainly love him around here. Uh, He's a professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University, and he is actually our Director of Membership Services here at ACBC. So many of you have had interaction with him. You've heard his teaching over the years. He's been married to Zondra for 40 years and so grateful for their life and ministry. And today, Stuart, I want us to to talk in this direction of spiritual warfare as it relates to the family. There are so many ways in which we could we could shape this particular podcast. We could talk about it from mm-hmm. the perspective of the, of the counselor. We can talk about it from the perspective of so many pastors, even that we see where there's difficulties and struggles uh, in the home in raising children and what that what all that entails. Or um, you know, so many members of our churches that are that are struggling to raise kids, particularly in this this world that we live in, so many difficulties and and struggles. And so, as we jump into this, just just several things that I think are important for us to consider. So, let's talk about some of the things that you see uh, in in our culture, what's going on that are that are distractions in the world in which we live. Yeah, thank you, Dale, and it's great to be uh, back here with you and uh, be talking about this particular topic. It's one that uh, I need to keep reviewing. Uh, constantly because I, I forget I'm in a war. Mm. I'm in a spiritual war, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it's sort of like living on red alert. And I, I don't always have that mindset, uh, each and every day, but I need to, the Bible calls us, God calls us to have that kind of a red alert. Uh, there's enemy, but walk with the victor, you know, walk with Christ and trust, not in fear of the enemy. But one of the passages that has, uh, as I was reading through some months ago, was 2 Corinthians 11. And uh, the Spirit of God through Paul, he writes in verse 3, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So it says that people come and talk about different Jesuses, talk about different spirits, different gospels. And that, that deception, distraction, uh, the, Satan is a master of that uh, to get our attention away from Jesus. And I remember reading one theologian who said, he doesn't even mind if we talk about the cross. We talk about uh, the word gospel. We talk about all kinds of things. Just don't talk about Jesus. Hmm. And we can, uh, as parents, we can get fixed on uh, working, providing, uh, schoolwork. I mean, we, we just get fixated. And, and what happens is they're good things, mm-hmm. but it can distract us away from Christ. And I think Martha and Mary is probably one of the best used illustrations of Mary was focused and Martha got distracted. And I, as parents, I mean, it's a, a daily temptation. I think it's so important, Stuart, that we pay attention to the deceitfulness uh, and how cunning the the evil one is. And, and to be honest and and frank, even we who believe how difficult sometimes it is for our hearts 
um, in the flesh naturally tend toward things that are irreligious or ungodly that are that are pleasing to the flesh and um, and so it's it's simple I think for us to move in that direction and maybe we see several different um, difficulties I think with parents is not that they want the wrong thing but somehow we're seeing on the other end lots of children who are struggling in life as they grow up maybe they're not believers maybe they're not walking so solidly in the faith there are a lot of different reasons that we could talk about as to to how we get there why we're in a situation like that uh, talk for a second about how we're lulled to sleep in some of these ways not talking about Jesus not talking about who he is and how he relates to every aspect of our being well when you uh, think what Christ said about uh, all of the commandments can be summed up and love God with all your heart soul and mind and then love your neighbor is when we start pulling away from those two pursuits, we turn inward. Uh, we get uh, our sinful flesh is self-serving and we, don't, we want independence. We don't want anyone telling us what to do. And interesting in Romans 13, he deals both with authority and loving your neighbor. Both directions right there in Romans 13, uh, you know, submit to your, the authorities and then love one another. And right after that, a way of showing that, he says in verse 11, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. So here's believers. Uh, and your, your question is, how do we get there? I think when we start focusing more on ourselves, uh, not our neighbor, not our children, uh, not our spouse, but more on ourself. And we don't like authority. We don't want anyone telling us what to do. And we move away from authority. We're going to go to sleep, spiritually speaking. And I, I mean, this is talking to believers here. And it says, wake up. You need to wake from sleep. Uh, the night is far gone. The day's at hand. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And that's what the sinful flesh will take us right into works of darkness. Let us walk properly in the daytime, not in orgies, drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for your flesh to gratify its desires. So that when I, I'm not thinking about my wife, I'm not thinking about my children, uh, then I'm going to start going to sleep spiritually. And then the, the deeds of the flesh will start coming out, right? You focus on self and then I don't want anyone telling me what to do uh, or getting in my life. And you'll want to isolate yourself from any authorities in your life. And it, it that whole context is wake up. Uh, the Lord's going to return soon. And that's what should kind of um, snap us out of a kind of a, a spiritual lethargy, mm -hmm. Well, I think it's interesting because we as believers, especially when we're committed to the things of the Lord, we're, we're vigilant about some major things. We're waiting on, you know, some really terrible thing to happen, some massive issue, when all the while uh, a part of the scheme of the evil one is we can be lulled to sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we hear, you know, my children sometimes go to go to sleep to background rain noises mm -hmm. and things like that. And, oh, man, it's so soothing. And sometimes the common focus of good things without intentional pursuit of the things of God can make it, make us very lethargic, make yeah. us very sleepy. And, and this is the language, interestingly, that, uh, that Paul uses here. Now let's bring this into the counseling room. Cause I think this is important. Mm. How do we see this when we're relating as a counselor and we're talking to 
families who find themselves in this situation. Uh, bring this in the counseling room for us. Yeah. And um, what I want to find out is what are, uh, what are, are the people, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, who are maybe there uh, that are being counseled, what are they thinking? You know, what are they wanting? Because that's their heart. That uh, has to be guarded above all else. So I want to find out what that is. And oftentimes they are uh, what 2 Corinthians 10 talks about. their strongholds of philosophies that they believe that they don't have to get involved with their kids that much. They, the kids will bring themselves up rather than they need to be bringing up their children. Their, their philosophies and ideologies that are ingrained, their habitual way of thinking. And that's what I'm trying to find out. What are they thinking? and wanting because praise God, he's given us the resources to renew our minds, to change the desires of our heart uh, in Christ. And so that's, there's victory there. There's hope and help uh, for real problems, but they're often ingrained in that kind of rationalizations and erroneous thinking. I think that's so important because uh, when, when parents start thinking in the wrong directions, often influenced by the culture's uh, that we live in, we we hear parenting advice, we hear good ideas that that people mm-hmm. float around that are socially acceptable and that sort of thing, and and we want the best for our children. Sometimes we find ourselves following uh, parenting books that have the right goal in mind. We want to see kids who do the right things, who uh, engage in civil activity, who are positive, who who are contributors to society and so on and so forth. We want them to be godly. And often some of the the parenting books that we see on Christian bookshelves uh, is quite lacking in some of that. They have some of the right goals, but the means by which they get there Mm. uh, is often um, a deterrent. And so we have to be cautious. Talk about some of the misconceptions that you see in the counseling room that, that parents walk in the door assuming that these are good ideas or this is sort of a baseline by which they engage in, in parenting um, and they're engaging in the wrong battlefront. Well, uh, some of those may be like if, if I uh, just homeschool, mm-hmm. uh, that'll solve all of the problems that all the other kids are having out there in public schools and Christian schools. So that, that'll be the solution. Now, it's, a, it's a good means, but it's not the solution. Mm-hmm. Another one is the church is really supposed to handle every issue with your children. The youth group, uh, the, the church is supposed to bring up the kids and deal with all of that and not the parents. But I, I have found the desire among many parents, and it won't state it like this, but they want, they'll look around the church and see children and go, I want children like that. Mm. So just tell me what to do, a uh, paint by numbers approach to get that product. Mm-hmm. They won't state it like that, but that's, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they'll follow curriculum, mm-hmm. it, like a paint by numbers, mm-hmm. you know, used to color like that, you know, with uh, the different uh, crayons or uh, pencils, but you get the finished product. It's not that way mm-hmm. uh, in scripture. And uh, I find that's a common thing of trying to help families. You can't, it's, it's more about God helping you be a faithful parent mm-hmm. and then faithfully follow God's word in the care of your children and leave the results up to the Lord. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as I sit and listen, I'm a parent, I have six kids and we're in the process of this 
deep spiritual warfare, no question about it, engaging in the discipleship of, of children who we know the scriptures tells us uh, are born sinners. We ourselves are uh, sinners who have been redeemed. We are now saints trying to fight the flesh consistently. And, and, and that's a battle. It's a struggle. And so hearing you say this, even some of the warnings that, that are given, even my engagement sometimes, man, this task seems huge and insurmountable at, at times. And maybe a response would be um, to fear. Uh, that would be a very natural response, certainly, because we, we start to feel, oh, man, I'm not in control. What am I going to do? I, I thought it was this step and stage type thing, like mm-hmm. parenting is a vending machine. I put my money in, I press the button and, and out I get good parent, uh, a good child or, or whatever. And that's sort of how we think about it. Um, we get overwhelmed with fear. So, so how do we not live in fear knowing that the task is great and the responsibility that God has given us is, is immense? Well, we, I think any parent would attest to those times when they have been very afraid, uh, maybe numerous times. Uh, it's not just stopping the fear, but it's replacing. Uh, as the Lord has told us over and over again, it's putting on a trust a trust in the Lord. And you think of the Psalms, you know, don't, don't fear, but trust in the Lord. And I don't know the outcome of, you know, we're what God's going to do in each child's life, but it's about a loving trust that the Lord is in control. He's all wise. He'll give you wisdom and grace for the place that you're in. But I, I can't stop giving into fear if I'm not actively and intentionally drawing near to the Lord and, and loving trust. So as, as counselors, we engage in these types of family dynamics when we're counseling families in, in difficult situations. What are some final recommendations that you would give as we try to be sober-minded in um, recognizing the hurt and pain that can be caused with familial issues but then also having the hope and wisdom of scripture to engage. So give us some, some final recommendations. Yeah. When you're dealing with the spiritual warfare in the family, I can't put hope anywhere that God doesn't promise hope to be put. So you can't put your hope in your marriage. You can't put your hope in your children or in your health or in uh, possessions, provision that you'll have a nice home and you know, the cars and You can't put your hope anywhere but in the Lord and his promises. And I I think over and over again, it's a reminder really to all of God's people is fix your hope on the Lord. Uh, Stay in his word. Keep your eyes on on Jesus. We don't know the outcome of everything around us and in everyone's life, uh, but he's promised and faithful that the work he's begun in our life, he'll perfect it until the day of Christ. So this has been helpful. Thank you so much for letting us sit in just a little bit on uh, how you understand the family, some of your experiences as a counselor to engage in this type of ministry. I know this is going to be an encouragement to our people. Thank you, Dale. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, we have opportunity to answer questions here on the Truth and Love podcast and Nothing delights us more than to make sure that we're answering questions that are relevant to where many of our listeners are. Can I encourage you that if you have a question or would like to get a question answered on the Truth and Love podcast about some sort of counseling case or 
a biblical answer to a life situation that you're dealing with, or just some sort of question that you have about counseling in general. How do I deal with this issue from the scriptures? Can we make ourselves a resource to you? Would you ask that question to us? And you can send that question to info at biblicalcounseling.com.